You're listening to the Marginally Geeky Show, the Epically Geeky Book Club. Greetings and welcome to the Marginally Geeky Show. I'm your host for the evening, Eugene Stevens. Tonight I am joined by Jennifer and Chris. How are y'all doing? Hi. Hello. I'm good. How are you? All right. You okay there, Jen? I'm here. Okay. Trying you know, to keep up my, with life. That is my standard a- answer at work. People will say, how are you today? And I'm like, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Take it for what it's worth. <laughs> so. My coworkers will ask me, hey, are you here till the end of the day or whatever? Because we have to have you know coverage. And I'm like, unfortunately, that's my <laughs> go-to answer. <laughs> I understand that. Um, it's been a little while since we've talked, at least on this show. Uh, January, we had uh, a, a double episode because we had our awesome interview uh, uh, with Dennis e. Taylor. So it's been a little while since we've reconvened on this show. Um, traditionally, we do a... Um, romance or ro- uh, relationship type book about this time of year for being February. So even though by the time you listen to this, it'll be March, this is our, technically our February book. So, uh, and this year we decide we uh, opted to read how to make anyone fall in love with you uh, by Leo Loundis, I think is how you say it. Anyway, um, Jennifer, would you like to explain why we're reading <laughs> this book? Sure. So I suggested this book because my therapist suggested it for me um, probably almost a year ago. (laughs) And we talked about this, I guess, at the beginning or middle of January. So that's how long it had been since I got it. And I thought, well, this will actually push me to finish reading it because I had like read half of it and slowly would read a few pages. And it's not that it's like a complicated book to get through it's actually a pretty quick read but it's just the topic and the things that are said in the book make it really hard for me to want to read it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we'll get into that I'm sure but um yeah I mean the premise was she wasn't uh, assigning this to me so much as like hey you need help you know to find someone or a way to get someone to fall in love with you it was more just like this book was written kind of to um, give people pointers as to things they can do. And a lot of the stuff doesn't apply to you, but you might be able to find some good, you know, information in it. And um, I just kind of take issue with the idea that I have to make someone fall in love with me. That kind of, to me, is the opposite of what you want to happen when you're trying to find love. So <laughs> you should just not have to force it. So anyways, yeah, that's why we picked this book, because I suggested it, and then they were crazy enough to agree. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm I'm open for a lot of different things, and I mean, I, you know, when I heard the title, I was like, okay, I was, I was kind of coming at this from a, all right, let's th- scientifically, you know, mm-hmm. digest this and see what it, and it's interesting that the book does bring up, uh, it, it does have some scientific fact in it, so it's like, oh, you can't just totally dismiss it, it, it does have some factual information. Uh, the problem is, is the factual information uh, is back from 1996. <laughs> um, so it's been a little while since the <laughs> since this book was originally published, um, and you can tell that in the author's attitudes and opinions about um, uh, male and female roles, mm-hmm. as it were, um, which is 
Well, I, I let's go ahead and just go ahead and start the conversation. So, um, I'll just jump in. I, I read this. I, I, of course, I listened to it. I listened to it at double speed. Uh, it only takes about three or four hours to rip through. I've mm-hmm. done it twice. Um, it's very comical mm-hmm. <laughs> at some points. I mean, if honestly, if I took it seriously, I'd be pissed. But I'm just <laughs> like, whatever. It's like it's like listening to my grandmother give me advice on dating or something. Yeah. And that's kind of how I took it. I was just like, yeah, okay, Grandma. I, I know that's how it was. So. Okay, Boomer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, overall, okay, and the book is only 25 years old. I mean, you wouldn't think what could happen in 25 years, but think about the cultural changes that have taken place, just the internet, cell phones, like yeah. a lot of things like that have changed. So none of that women is being the primary breadwinner in, in families, right. uh, you know, uh, homosexual marriage being legal. I, there is a ton of stuff that has changed. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, when I started reading, I listened to it too. So Lil has a very, she reads it like she loves it. And she's very enthusiastic about her work, which is nice. Good for her. Yeah, you got a book published. Um, I took it the more I I was listening to. I'm like, okay, I have to take this as a tongue in cheek because if I and it was also because the way she was reading it was really hard to take seriously. Yes, it's like like, I can't with your like, no, no, let's go into this. She's reading it like you're having a conversation with her yeah. like she's she's sitting down ladies let's sit down and talk about about like it's <laughs> it, that's how she's reading it and I it's need just like to play me an excerpt uh, of this. but she's reading it as if she's smiling the whole time so yes. if she's having a conversation that chick is on some stuff because nobody can be that like excited not she wasn't even excited it was just like she was stoned or something <laughs> Sister, oh, she seemed pretty excited. Yeah, I was like, woo. Uh, I so I started taking it as sort of like a satire. Like this isn't a relationship book. Don't read this to figure out how to have. This is just sort of okay. I'm dating or I'm trying to. What the hell am I missing? Honestly, it felt to me like, and not to be you know sexually stereotyped here but this was like the female's version of like the traditional pickup book or whatever uh-huh. yeah because it she definitely writes it more toward aimed towards women but she you know she references men you know mm-hmm. quite a bit and, and, and everything else but um that's it's it smacks so much of the whole think about the 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 goofy stereotypical how to pick up people type thing and it's it's literally a lot of that playbook is in the DNA of this book. And I mm-hmm. I understand that because okay, so I I mentioned the scientific stuff. She mentions the fact that, you know, they we've done studies and stuff so that like when you look at people, you know, depending on the size of your iris, it is something that we sense naturally, but you know, it's not you know, it's back of your brain, it's not forebrain. We're yeah. not sitting there looking at, you know, how big are are Jennifer's pupils when she's looking at us, but it is those things. <laughs> it is those. It is those things that you know. It's like when you're more interested, your pupils dilate, and when yes. you're not, they you know they shrink. And it's one of those things. She and she mentions she's like, think about other things that are going on, so that it you know you will start giving off those tells. And I'm like, okay, so like I said, you can't just throw this book out and say, oh, this is just this woman's 
idea on how to pick up people. It's mm-hmm. it's it's got some legitimate yes basis to it. But the thing is, like when it comes to dating, there are so many other variables mm-hmm. that play into picking someone up, quote unquote. Yeah. I mean, you could take this stuff and try it and it could work or you could go to a bar and find a guy who maybe just went through a terrible breakup or um, would have banged you anyways, you know, like you never know <laughs> what you're getting. Like it, it, it it's kind of subjective in that way yeah. to me. And, and also like, I don't know. I just, I feel really uncomfortable trying to do things that I don't that don't come naturally to me forcing it feels like I'm forcing myself to look at you longer or to lean in or do whatever I wouldn't normally do Mm -hmm. um and it just I feel like the guy could tell if I you know I'm not good at it and I'm make faking it basically I don't know yeah so I'm not a good actress and I'm not a good liar so two two quick things uh, you said you wanted an excerpt real quick. Opposites oh. <laughs> attract. Yet mom and dad undoubtedly told you birds of a feather flock together. Sound like contradictions, don't they? Aww. But in the magically insane yet scientifically rational universe of romance. She is so she expressive, re- though. She's very expressive. I like love I said, that she's that into her work. Oh, she totally is. She she's innovative. She does mention at the beginning of the book that it is manipulative. You are using this to. She yeah. not in a malicious way. You're not trying to be deceivious or anything like that, or, or like with with evil intent. But it is a manipulative thing that you're doing. And the fact that she she points out very quickly yeah. that this yeah, book right is how to get someone to date you, how to fa- get someone to fall in love with you. Yeah. This is not a long term relationship no. type thing. And I'm just like, to me, I it, if. If the same techniques for this were to flow into that, it would be fine. But like you mm-hmm. were saying, Jennifer, like the things that she's asking you to do or telling you to do is just like this is not a long term strategy. No. Uh, one of the things that she talks about. And yes, I understand if someone's talking about something, you you need some kind of common interest for things mm-hmm. to get sparked. OK, but. She literally points out like this is like you have you have found someone that you think meets certain criteria and this is how you basically trick or start causing domino effect. So let's take this for example, if I had picked out Jennifer and I was single and she was single and I was trying to get this to according to her, I would need to pick out something that we have as an interest or find something that she's interested in and Feign interest in it. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, yeah. So There's you're a, telling me I would need to go to Jennifer and be like, oh, I'm super into the vi- environment. And then and then when this relationship is going, starts going places and it's like, yeah, well, maybe not so much. That is not a good setup oh, for a relationship. I have had that happen with oh, guys. I'm sure it has. I would date them and they'd be like, yeah, that's so important. And then like two or three months in, it's like, why aren't you recycling? I don't understand. You said you were all, you know, environmentally conscious. And they're like, well, I've recycled most of my life. I just, you know, right now I don't have the setup for it. I'm like, are you fucking serious? Like, mm. Yeah, don't pretend you're into something just to impress someone, only for them to find out in a few months that you were faking it. That's worse. That's way yeah. worse. Yes. Yeah. Like, there's a difference between pretending like you are aligned in something and just being interested in learning more. 
Right. I would exactly. someone ask me about it if they don't know, then pretend like they're all about it when they're not. Because I don't do that. I can't do that, you know. And see, that's why I've never felt like, you know, people are like, go to a bar or whatever to meet people. And I'm like, I'm not a bar person. Why would I go look for someone at a place that I don't plan on going to? Yeah. So. I, yeah, I'm trying to, I was trying to remember when I was reading this, what I did to attract Ray. Like, what was that thing that hooked him? And I was just like. There wasn't. I didn't do any of that. I literally I you yelled jumped at him. At him. I, I, I literally <laughs> yelled at him and then physically threw myself at him. I was also That's 16. Also, old. another strategy I should try. Apparently. Yes. Apparently, just, just throw yourself. yourself. Just launch them. Uh, launch yourself. At them. But I was 16 years old. you like a spider monkey. Yeah, that's what I did. He caught me. Thank God. Or I would have been really embarrassed. But I think there's. She misses the point of what keeps it going. Is you just. It's chemistry. You can't explain. It's that inexplicable thing that you just, you can't fake. It's just when you have that with somebody, that's what keeps you going. If you have to feign it, if you have to put on a show, if you have to be freaking Jimmy from Magic 2.0 where you're constantly calculating just the right mm-hmm. amount of whatever to put out there to create this response, then you're you're setting yourself up for disaster. I, I keep thinking back to the scene. Have y'all both seen um, the first Jumanji Yes. Not not the first Jumanji, but I'm sorry, the the reboot, the the one oh, with yes. the rock and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I number one, I think uh what's her name is just adorable as all hell. But that scene where Jack Black, you know, he's he's the the girl inside and he's trying to teach her how to flirt, that is so hilarious. And I kept I kept thinking back to that, listening to this, I'm like, you're trying to teach people so like we're talk we talked about eye contact, which yes, I understand, you know, Eye contact is just one of those things, though, that you need to work on if if you have a hard time looking someone in the eyes. Um, that kind of goes for any relationship or conversation you're having with someone. Exactly. And it's also just up. a confidence thing. It's like, yeah. you know, yeah. confident people look you in the eye when they're talking to you. It no, mm-hmm. has nothing to do with trying to pick you up. It's just that's that's how you are. It's also um, a respect thing, I think, too, yes. for a lot of people, you know, oh, like you you're looking froze. straight at Uh-oh. Can you hear us? You got us, uh, Chris? Can you hear us? Yes, Hello? I do now. Sorry, I okay. was there for a second. Hi. Okay. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Oh. We were we were saying eye contact is something that it it doesn't even it doesn't matter whether or not you're trying to pick someone up. That's just like a common thing for talking with people and being confident. Yes. So, yes. but like um, the fact that she was talking about like holding eye contact for a little bit longer than normal, and I'm just like. That gets into the realm of being creepy. So somebody like me, I've had to learn how to make eye contact with people because for me, it's very intimidating. Mm -hmm. So I'm not trying to be shifty. I'm not trying to lie to you or stuff. It's just when I'm talking, it's very hard for me to make eye contact with people and hold it. It's even weirder when people won't look away when I'm talking to them. (laughs) And I get really uncomfortable. I'm like, okay, you have to blink. Or like, oh my god, what is that? I can't. Yes. Do I have something on my face? Like, why are you looking at me so intensely? It doesn't come naturally to me either, and I have to remind myself that if I'm constantly looking around, because I get distracted by other people walking by, or mm-hmm. and I'm yeah. not doing it to be rude, but I have to remind myself that it comes off as rude if I'm supposed to be, yeah. you know, zeroing in on that person, and but if you're really... so I consciously try not to do that. Yeah, but if you're really interested in the person, you don't get distracted. Yeah. yeah, it just happens because you want to 
listen to what they're saying and you want to interact with them and your energy and their energy are, are drawing each other together. But yeah, so if you're like trying to feign, oh, it just, it was the whole, and then the, with the guys, it, I, and I hated the labels for everything. I just, the quarry thing, the hunter and huntress thing, and it just was too much. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's another thing. Like I, um, I don't really like it when men are too overly touchy or lean in and get too close. Yeah. Like I, I know that my love language is not personal touch or physical mm-hmm. touch. Mm-hmm. And I understand that that is some people's, but if I don't know you and you do that to me, I feel, I feel threatened, harassed, uncomfortable, whatever the case is. And that's whether it's a man or a woman, like anytime I, you know, just meet someone and they try to move in a little closer to either, mm-hmm. you know, show that they're interested or that's just how they communicate. I'm always like, okay, personal space. No, thank you. No, thank you. You know, like Detroit and Star Wars. You need one of those. I was going to say, you sound like, you sound like Dio. Yeah. But that's something she says to do in the book. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. let your hand linger on their, you know, shoulder or like, you know, lean in. And Mm -hmm. I get that that can show you're, you're more interested. But for me personally, that's just not how I do things. So yeah. And see, I'm the opposite. I'm very touchy. (laughs) So if I, and I just do it with everybody. Like if I'm talking to you or, or something, sometimes just I'll touch you <laughs> just cause, and I, I like it too. I like that, that touch, but again, it, but it also depends on the person too. So if somebody's giving off like a real creeper vibe, it's like, no, don't touch me. Yes. <laughs> no, oh, I'm super uncomfortable now. No, go away. But it's so Speaking, easy. Yeah, oh, go ahead. No, no, it's just, it's their energy. It's all about what they're, you can feel it right away, whether this is going to click yeah. or not. Yeah. yeah. Something you can force. Going back real quick to the eyes thing, there's two things I wanted to mention. Number one was the story she brings up about the carpenter. Oh my god. Which one is this? <laughs> so oh she god. has the carpenter and she's like, he's not super attractive, but I I just I just had this chemistry. I just really felt it yeah. with him. And he like really held eye contact. And then I came to find out, oh, he's just not that smart. And it yeah. takes him a while to comp- comprehend. And I'm just <laughs> like <laughs> How did you say that? That's terrible. And then you're going to tell us to hold eye contact. Well, that's because she was saying she couldn't, she was trying to figure out why she was so drawn to him and what made, because he wasn't that attractive and what was it about him? And it was because he was stupid and was trying to listen. So he was looking at you for a long time. And I'm just like, please God tell me this dude did not listen to this book. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, names Uh, have been changed. So, you know, I'm sure they'll never figure out who she's talking about. Exactly. Uh, And then the other thing I wanted to mention was, is like, like we said, you know, I, I look into people's eyes when I talk to them or whatever, but like, my natural way when I talk is I tend to look around at stuff. Like I, if I'm thinking about something, I look away and I find myself doing that even right now on the Skype camera yeah. talking to y'all. I will look down when I'm thinking about something and then look back at it. That's just, but mm-hmm. according to the book, I'd be, I'd be screwed if I was back in the dating scene. So, oh, um, no, I'd be yeah. absolutely not. Never. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> do it. Always be ready is one of the other things that she's like. And she's like, you know, and she specifically said, don't make sure you're like super dolled up every time you go to the grocery store. But, but maybe doll yeah. yourself up when you go. And I'm just like, oh, man, this is that's a lot of work. OK, but listen, I will say on that front, I already live my life that way because uh-huh. I have been in situations where I will look at my work calendar and be like, oh, I'm going to be in the office all day. I don't need to, you know, 
wear my cute outfit or get extra done up. And then lo and behold, someone will show up for a meeting or, you know, and I'll meet someone that's kind of a prospect. And then I'll be like, oh, fuck, I didn't like not that like my looks are the only thing I have to offer, but you're more confident when you're like right. you know, at your best. So I, I will say I kind of try to do that anytime I go out with the potential to meet anyone just because me personally, I'm on the lookout. I'm always like they could be anywhere. They could show up, you know. Right. Like, exactly. The UPS delivery guy, even though I never see them, could be the one. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and see, you know, since I'm not in that mode anymore, I'm just mm-hmm. like fuck if they would let me wear like jeans and a t-shirt every day i would be there <laughs> oh yeah i i just recently bought work clothes because i didn't have so my go-to uniform was what is the comfiest <laughs> pant that i could find and my hey that's t-shirt. important it is important and i and i love crocs and i don't care they're comfortable oh, no. they're easy to put on I will wear them. I've been croc shamed by Ray. I don't freaking care. I will. I, I have a good Ray's friend. Ray's right. Don't wear them. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I know. They're he's awful. He took a picture of it, stuck it on Instagram, and everybody agreed with him. I'm like, I don't freaking care. They're comfortable. Where are you going to go? We're married. You're going to leave me for wear Crocs? You're going to leave me for Crocs. I don't oh. care. I have a friend who won't walk near me. She'll walk ahead of me if I'm wearing my Crocs. <laughs> my mom has them never coat. They're them. comfy, and sometimes my back hurts, so I need to wear them. Well, I, you know that inevitable law of the universe where if you dress like shit and go to Walmart, you're running to everybody you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that has happened to me after the gym or just running for whatever, and then I'll see a cute guy and I'll be like, mm-hmm. yep. yep, this is why you don't you don't go places like this. Cause... Now, I will say, like, if I go somewhere, I'll be like, you know, if I'm wearing, like, uh, basketball shorts, I'm just – I'm not basketball shorts out in public guy. Mm-hmm. Around the house, they're perfectly fine. But, like, if I'm going somewhere, I'll at least put on a different pair of shorts or, like, jeans or whatever. And, like, it, it's killing me right now because, like, we're going to these – we're going to soccer practices, and I'm like, I'll put my jeans on. And the the cold air is just cutting through them, and I'm like – why did you not put on your sweatpants? I, you're married. No one cares. No one's looking at you. They're fucking warm. Just wear them, doofus. Yeah. So that's my that's my mentality. I'm like, where like who's fucking looking at us? I'm not putting my energy out. Yeah. I look like a hobo <laughs> on purpose. This isn't this like what an you accident. get right here, baby. This is it. Yeah. This is the real deal. Yeah. Like he's he's tied up. Like there's no way he's going anywhere. So I can look you're lucky spouses. Yeah. <laughs> look however I want. But it is nice to get dressed up. I will say that. So it is nice yeah. to put on the nice sweater to look pr- – to feel pretty. So there is something to that too because it does give you a little bit of confidence. But I do not have that kind of energy. I don't even wear makeup to work. I can't even imagine that. But I do know a lot of women, even moms, who will do the total face in the judge just to pick their kids up from school. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. But they love – they enjoy it and they do it and that's their thing. I just Yeah, and that. if that's your thing, that's your thing. Like there's a uh, – uh, she was uh, the, one of the art – she was the art teacher at the middle school I used to work at. And she always did everything and mm-hmm. always wore heels. And I'm just like, doesn't that kill you? She goes, actually, I have adjusted my body to the fact that like when I wear like uh, tennis shoes, it kills my feet because my feet are normally used to being, and I'm just like, well, you know, that's you. That's cool. So yeah, I, I understand that be you, but yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things that she does bring up in the book that, and I'm so glad the, the science backed up on this, um, hard to get doesn't work. (laughs) 
I, you know, we keep hearing that. And like I said, that is one of those things, you know, it, it's one of the things in the book that you, you want to look at it and you want to just go, this is all like old and malarkey. nonsense. Exactly. That's a good <laughs> word for it. Malarkey. That's a great word. In, the, in the words of our friend Joe. Yeah. You can't just, you can't just, uh, you can't just dismiss it all. And this is one of those things. It's like, you know, she talks about how, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, if a, if a woman's hard to get, that means, you know, she must be a real catch or whatever. And then they did this, you know, study and they're like, no, obviously not. You you don't want to put any effort into that. And so uh, I, I am glad that, I you know, that that was in there and, and mm-hmm. it made sense, as it were. So I haven't gotten that far, but I don't think. But um, I am never a fan of the playing hard to get thing like as mm-hmm. on either end. Yeah. I people tell me sometimes, oh, you can't respond too quick or, oh, you, you've got to, you know, like make them work for it. And I'm like, no, if I like someone, I'm yeah. going to let them know I'm going to make myself available, not too available, but like I'm going to make time for them and I'm going to like, you know, put it out there that, yeah, I'm I'm interested in you. Let's let's get together. I don't want to waste time. I don't like playing games. I don't have the energy for that shit. And and it's yeah. to me, it's it's like lying. It's like I'm just mm-hmm. having to think of things you know, plus I'm impatient and I'm just not good at it, but <laughs> I don't like it when well, guys do that to me, though. If I'm interested in you and then you act like you're not, then OK, move on. Like, thank yeah. you. Next. I've been yeah. through that too many times. It's a turn off. Yeah, it's to a, me, it, it yeah, it would off. signal it, it signals. Oh, you don't have time for a relationship. You don't you're have time interested. for this, yeah, which if that's the case, the field. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. If if you're if work and everything else you've got going on is too much to to keep a relationship, then you know, this one going to happen anyway. So, um, one of the other, th- uh, she brings up, uh, first dates should be emotionally charged. Now, i you know, and I've heard this before, you know, this is kind of a, a, a you know, I hear a lot of newer things, other books and stuff that we've read, you know, talk about the, the first date should, shouldn't be something like just a, a movie in or whatever. It should have some kind of an emotional sure charge, answer, yeah. which is funny because one of the examples she brings up is like going to watch a movie that has, that's like maybe a horror film or something <laughs> or, or something like that. And I'm just like, I'm thinking horror movie for the, the classical arm around the girl the, yeah. when she's scared. And then you move your arm down, your hand down. I'm thinking. Nope. I'm thinking if you're taking a girl to a horror movie, you have you've both had a conversation or you met someplace that's like, dude, you like Freddy Krueger? Me too. Let's go watch this slasher movie together and laugh or whatever. You know yeah. that type of. If that's your deal, cool. But I'm just like, uh, no, I don't want to go to those. I I don't like those movies. And if somebody were to suggest let's go to a horror movie, I'd be like, who are you going with? Because it's not me. I'm not going. You want to see my anxiety go through the roof? Yeah, yeah. you want me to like scream and cry and then run out of the movie theater and make a scene? I'll totally do that. <laughs> now, if it's a Marvel movie, I'm in. I'll stay. Okay. It, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, hell, that could definitely be a, a, an emotionally charged thing. <laughs> That's true. Well, but, do you want to see me cry? Because you're going to see me cry. I'm, exactly. <laughs> Ugly cry. Yeah. But I, our first, mine and Ray's first date was. A movie at a friend's house. We watched Ed TV with a bunch of friends. Oh, I remember that. And he rubbed my feet. That's what we did for the first. Because there was like four or five of us, five of us in the basement of our friend's house. Mm -hmm. And that's what we watched. And then our first date sort of outside without friends, just the two of us, was to go see the Green Mile at the movie theater. Oh, geez. 
know, we've been together for a long time. But that's what we did. And it was fun. And we've gone to the drive-in. And then once um, we did all the Lord of the Rings movies as dates, and that's what we did in college was go to the movie theaters. They're the best dates, I think, because then when you're done, you have stuff to talk about. And see, I've always I've always I've always liked the idea of uh, the movie and then dinner, if possible, Mm -hmm. mainly for that thing. You go watch the movie. Yes, you're not talking with each other, but then it gives you something to talk about and gives you a common ground to to go from. But, like you know, and she says and I and I can understand, especially with people who are younger than myself, but because right now I'm just like, oh my god, if I were in the dating scene and the girl was like, let's go skydiving or let's go, do, I'd be like, no, that's me, <laughs> that's Hi. you. Hi. I am all about the experiential date. I know that's surprising, right? But I want to be like doing something, having an adventure. I mean, I, I like doing the dinner and a movie thing too, mm. um, but. I want to get to know someone in all sorts of different situations. I want to see how they react under pressure. I want to see if when we go on a hike and get lost, they lose their fucking mind. Like the guy that I went on a hike with last year and lost his mind, uh, even though he was, you know, great at hiking and reading maps. Oh, mm-hmm. And instead of like, oh, this is an adventure. It's fun. We'll figure this out. He started flipping out and like, I never get lost, you know, anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see those parts of them that I couldn't just see from talking at a, at a dinner table, you know. Mm-hmm. So I kind of do agree with her, like, let's make, you know, different emotions happen. But she almost didn't she say, like, let's almost make it like a life or death feeling at some points, like a little bit. Yes. I don't don't know how early we want to get into that. (laughs) That definitely seems a little further down the road. (laughs) So that makes um, feel more attached attracted to you and that life and again there's like simulating uh, that attraction that's not really there in real situations so i don't know if chris agrees with this no well i'm just i'm a i'm a high-strung person when it comes to stuff like that and it would be a lot of crying like we went we went whitewater rafting with friends like this was years ago and and I hated it. I absolutely hated it. Because for me, I was scared the whole time. Because everybody in my freaking rap, all they wanted to do was tip. They wanted to tip. I'm like, I don't want to, Can't we just go down this stupid river? I love canoeing. I love kayaking. Can't we just make it down without dumping ourselves on purpose in this really fast-flowing rapid? This is not fun. Ray had a blast. He thought it was freaking awesome. He wanted to do it again. I'm like, I love you. You can go without me. I don't want to do this. This is not fun for me to experience stuff like that. Hiking, get lost. That's fine. Let's just backtrack. We're good. I'd be fine. But like whitewater rafting, skydiving, things like that where I'm scared, I don't like doing. And it's not. I will cry and I, I'll i ruin it. I'll absolutely ruin it. I'll do it well. Like, just leave I'll me here. It. I did. One time I did. We were... Re- the girls, we were we did the girls in one raft, the guys in the other raft. And the girls were like, let's keep tipping. Let's keep tipping. I'm like, put me on the rock pick me up when you're done. And they did. And it was, I was, and I watched them and I'm like, this is great. Cause I was done. I just didn't want to tip anymore. I was getting too scared. Cause I was afraid I wasn't going to come back up, even though I was wearing a life jacket and that's physically impossible. But I was just like, no, <laughs> this does, is, does this, it matter? Yeah. It's not meant for whitewater rafting. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, 
one of the things he brings up now, okay, so we're, we're really going to get into the uh, the depth of of change here, um, you know, and it goes and it it going back to you know how you're dressed and everything, and it you know she says like you know technically you know the guy should you know should be worried about how or not worried but concerned thought think about what he's wearing or whatever whatever, and when she gets to a point and she literally tells the women ladies he's going to mentally undress you anyway so and I'm just like. What? Um, boy, this is this is 1996. But definitely. she makes it seem like women are above that. Like women don't do it too. Like, oh yeah, because I'm not looking at that guy thinking six ways of Sunday that I can undress him too. Like <laughs> women do that too. <laughs> exactly, and that's what I'm saying. That's one of the. It's it's where the it, that was one of those hard lines where it's yeah. very sexually stereotypical. Yeah. It's very much, uh, you know. Uh, the women know how to talk because she even mentioned one of the other things she mentions was, you know, guys, I know talking about feelings is really hard. And, and, and I'm just like, no, no not really. Not, no. Um, And I don't mentally undress every woman I meet like toxic masculinity was really I mean, it still is, but. More but pervasive in the 90s. Yes. I mean, I could understand back then. Absolutely. What's funny is, is like Chrissy right now we don't have anything to watch together. So she's going back and watching old stuff. And she started rewatching, um, designing women. Okay. And I'm just like, wow, boy, things, things have really <laughs> changed because yeah, yeah. The, the, the rape scene in one of the episodes, you know, there's a lot of humor to it. And I'm just like, this ain't cool. Like mm-hmm. there's people should not be laughing at this point. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, You'd so watching I mean, golden girls, Oh, they were they were much more progressive with some of those topics. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, they flat just laid it down at some point. So, oh, but wow. um, um, but yeah, that was one of those things that you know came that came through that I'm just sitting there listening to it and I'm just like, if I once again, if I wasn't taking this with a grain of salt and really kind of laughing as it's going through as being, I would I would have honestly been offended. I would have been like, seriously, like. Yeah, I'm sure there are still dudes out there like this. And yes, you're right, Jennifer. It was probably a lot more, you know, out there and, you know, more common back then. But it's just like, come on now. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I took that as so he's going to mentally undress you anyway. So dress. Dress revealing her. anyway. Yeah. Just, just have the girls out. Like, yeah. Make it e- make it easy on him. Make it easy on him. It's like that's 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 terrible advice. Yeah. No, but good. once again, remember, we're going to we're going to get we're shooting for the date and we're shooting for them to fall in love. This is not long term. So, you know, whatever, I guess. But that's the thing that's such a piss off that it's like I need to fall in love. What it you're not going to fall in love in the first couple of dates. It's going to, it takes a long ass time to really love somebody. So the whole thing that you could like a gimmick, it's a gimmick that you could make yeah, anybody yeah. fall in love with you. It's like, no, you can't. And love, love that you want takes a really long time. And lust and love can sometimes look like each other. So when you're at that initial, it's lust. You're not thinking about love. Yeah, yeah. You're just thinking about how can I jump your bones? I, you know, I'm, I wonder how things have changed, you know, with this woman as as time's gone by. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if you could go back in time and present the idea of her, you know, the the com- very common idea nowadays of Mary, you know, someone you're friends with, how she would react to that. Like, 
You know what I'm saying? Like that kind of goes against the whole thing. Like, cause if you're friends, you're just like, Oh, well, who cares? He can see me at, at my worst. And I've seen him at his worst and we're friends and, and everything else. And like, I'm not actively pursuing this other person. And I don't know. Do you think that would fit in with her ideology or do you think it would throw a wrench into it? Marrying someone you're friends with. Is that what you said? Yes. I guess I got kind of digitized or whatever. Like marrying them because you don't have any other prospects or like just because like a lot, a lot of people say marry your best friend. Like, you know, I I know people who are like, my best friend is my wife and or husband. And yeah. And do you think that goes against what she's saying here? Or do you think it fits in or. I don't think she ever touched on that. Well, I Ray and I are best friends. It just Mm -hmm. happened to work out that way though like it's not we were friends before we started dating so we already had that beforehand right now I, I think if you're if you're like again it's it takes when you're friends it's a cumulative relationship so you're already kind of there anyway you just have to take that next step if you're attracted to that other person like ray and i joke that if we didn't date we'd be friends who were secretly in love with each other because that's because we're just, we have a really good friendship. We get along really well. We just have that added bonus of that attraction part. But right. I, yeah, but I think I don't know. I don't think it would fit because a, a friendship is such a it's such a different thing than trying to get somebody to. I think you have to be friends with whoever you're. Yes. You, right. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know how you could be in a relationship without being friends or, or, you know, like I, you don't have to be best friends, but just like having that bond. Like the other person. Yeah. You have to like them. Yeah. As well as love them. But yeah, I don't know if friendship would be, you know, I don't think she would touch on it at all because no. we're talking about long-term relationship here. Yeah. And I'm, I have, we have to go back to the first thing she said. This is not about long-term relationships. No. This is about it, getting a first date or whatever. So yeah, this is just getting your, your foot in the door. Yeah. Um, what did you think about now, Jen? You may not have gotten to the point to because it was it was definitely later in the book about the uh, sexual interrogation. <laughs> I putting, did not get to that. <laughs> putting air quotes around it, as she puts it, it's important, but it's for later. And I'm just like, this is one of those things that's very hard lined nowadays. Explain. Because it's like, um. So you may not necessarily be into everything that the other person is, mm-hmm. but be open and maybe give it a shot. And oh, you I'm mean just, sexually? Yes. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, yeah, not today. Now, today, that's like one of the first things that needs to come up. Like, hey, listen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You want to so, do butt stuff or? Yeah. yeah. Listen, <laughs> so do you, you know, this is what I'm into. If you're not into it, that's fine. But we need to have some hard line. You know, what? A, it, it's funny that, you know. It's become so prolific and it's become like a like one of those like I said, it's one of those things that like you know, my understanding is it kinda comes up pretty early in the relationship and she literally pushes it, oh no, just kinda push it back there. And like I said, it's one of those things that it's it's very clear to see uh, this was not written any time no, <laughs> recently. So, this is yeah, definitely older. Uh, you need to talk if you're I don't know how if it came up organically in the conversation talk about sex but like you can't just be like okay 
now let's talk about sex and here are all my kinks and here's my safe word and what do you think like i don't think you should lay that like right out there at the beginning but like if it's starting to go that way and you're starting to feel that then yeah you got to bring it up you can't just like put it off until you're like in bed with the person yeah by the way fun story now you can't do that yeah yeah, I'm not saying you should carry around your contract, uh, in, no. in your, you know, with you all at all times, just yeah. in case. But no, yeah. but if it comes up, then yeah, like uh, there's this one show. It's an awful show, but it's fantastic. It's called Love Is Blind, and it's on. Netflix. I was just gonna bring that up. <laughs> so there's this one couple. They didn't make it past a certain point because the guy hid his sexuality. He hid it from her, and when he finally told her, after all of this conversations, after they got engaged, it's really terrible. Um. After all of that, then he decides to tell her about his sexual orientation. It's like, she's like, oh, okay, you're going to have to give me a second because now I feel like I don't know you. Why wouldn't you have just told me about that at the beginning when we were talking? Because we were talking about everything. Why didn't you just say, I am bisexual. I have been with both men and women. And just so you know, that's me. Because it doesn't mean she would have shunned you or turned away, but you have given her the choice to be like, okay. Do I want to continue with somebody? Am I comfortable with somebody who has had a relationship with both genders? If not, then I can back out. But he didn't give her a choice. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and then he got mad at her, freaked out, uh, called her a bitch. Then she threw the drink in the face and they left. It was that's kind not of cool. Epic. No, it wasn't cool that he did that to her at so all. My, Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, my friend told me about this show and the concept is like they – I haven't watched it, but they – these two people – meet without seeing each other and talk for a while right and then if they get to the point where they fall in love and they want to propose then they get to meet face to face and do whatever this is all within the span of 10 days though this is days (sighs) like days and then they go if they propose then they go on a vacation to mexico together for five days then if they make it through that then they live together for another three weeks then they get married Mm-mm. like that's it's a span of like yeah that's what the thing is so if, if you're going into this being like okay i want to find love then you do lay all your cards out. you talk about sex you talk about everything because you're trying to get to that spot with that person and to hide but, such a huge part of yourself is not like, that's not good a lot of problems with this setup but yeah <laughs> not so least of which for me is i mean the first thing i thought when i heard this was I'm never going to get to the point where I want to get engaged with someone unless I have slept with them. And, you know, you see if you're compatible, if you're even attracted to them. I mean, it is a, it is a part of falling in love, like the Mm -hmm. physical attraction to someone. And um, I don't just mean like their face or their body, but like, you know, your physical chemistry together. So Yeah. yeah, there's no way I could ever fall in love, like to that point where I'd be like, yeah, I'd want to marry someone, you know, it's a train wreck of a show. You can't even test it. And not only that, but like if you're just talking on these dates and you're not actually doing other things, like I said, I want to mm-hmm. have other experiences, not just talk for 10 days or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. One couple, it was five days and then they got engaged. Yeah. It was super. It's it's a quite the experiment and it's <sighs> it's a it's a train wreck you cannot look away yeah. from. And tomorrow is the weddings. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Yes. Plural weddings. Weddings. Somebody leaves. Somebody runs away in a wedding dress. It's amazing. I can't wait to watch it. It's terrible. <laughs> I need to it's know trash that. TV. I understand. It's all right. Yeah. I don't watch The Bachelor. This is my bachelor. 
That's so go. funny. I was literally just about to bring up this show I heard about. Yeah. <laughs> Touches on that. Yeah. Um. Uh. She. One of the other notes that I I I, I put on there. Um. That she was talking about also. You know. She she goes through and she's talking about. Um. Uh. Uh. Men versus women porn and. Oh yeah. That. Oh God. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. It's just like. Oh god, oh, it was so funny listening because it. She, once again, with the way that she's reading this book, it's it's all I can picture is just her sitting around with her girlfriends, just like you know, she's just she's just you know telling them out like it is, and I'm just like, oh, she okay. She makes men sound like walking boners. Yes, basically. She makes them sound like, and women are just these like oh, people who are just like. We only yeah. like to watch romantic, sensual porn. I'm like, you Look have not caught me. Many I'm Sandra exactly. <laughs> yeah. Innocent and it's awful. I'm like, I like reading romance novels, but if they you don't have like sex smut. within like the first hundred pages, is uh, you've lost me. <laughs> right. Get to the good stuff, lady. Yeah, come on, this We're is delicate black flowers, coffee. Chris. Oh, I know. We're the weaker sex. Gosh. Oh, yeah. I can't so. So yeah, I, but and like I said, that's honestly all the notes that I took on this thing. It's just there were certain things that kind of stood out that I was like, yeah. okay, I want to discuss these. But the re- most of it is just like, well, I mean, even though we talked about the eye contact, a lot of it's just like common sense. Like, yes, you need to. Well, we talked about smiling more. Yeah. And you know, we talked about that kind of in the in the in, in the yeah. chat or whatever. I'm like, you know, Jen was saying. You know, she didn't get all the way through it. And I'm like, here's here's the broad strokes. Smile more. Look at people. Um, maybe pretend you're interested. I don't suggest that, but that's what she says. Uh, literally. Uh, but I'm like the smiling more. And I brought this up like I I don't smile like my normal facial feature is not to smile. So when I'm in a situation like working a booth at a con or work, you know, doing a parade or whatever, I will smile naturally a lot because I'm having fun, but I do have to con, you know, constantly keep Mm -hmm. referring in my brain. You're walking. I know you're tired. It's getting close to the end of the parade, but there's still kids out there and they're waving. Damn it. Smile and, Mm -hmm. and, and wave and, and keep, you know, try to keep that energy up. Um, so I, under, and you know, I, I understand that part, but like, yeah, just a lot of it's just common type sense. And, you know, here, let me ask you this. Do y'all think this was a revolutionary book when it came out in 1996 or? No, this reminds me of when all the books, like the rules came out and, right. and all of that sort of thing where it put women and men in very distinctive gender stereotype roles, like, Men yeah, like from this Mars, from a woman. And we, yeah, that kind of thing. Like, we're like, men only like this and women only like this. And you have to do this to get to this point in a relationship. And this is your end. Like, the rules was more about getting married than about getting to the first date. But I don't think it was. I'd never heard of it before you told us. Like, I had neither. And Jen, you actually just brought up a book that <laughs> I think is a very interesting counterpoint. I think mm-hmm. didn't. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus coming out about this time, or at least I think it did, and decade. I never read it, but okay, it here's seems the thing. like it would be the same kind of It's stuff. not, though. He does specifically say, he said, now, I am going to stereotype women this way and men this way, 
but that is not always the case. And mm-hmm. please understand, if I'm describing a woman as being more emotional, that tends to be the way in the relationship. But that is not always the case. There are going to have cases where the man is going to be the man's going to be more emotional than the woman. And he specifically, it's, I think, one of the reasons why that book has actually still been so popular even to this day because he was forethinking enough to think. You know, just because maybe that's the way it is now, it's not necessarily going to be the case. Whereas this, yeah, this book is not. This book did not hold up well. It did not age well. No, and I would have a hard time thinking it would. It would be any because I remember books like that getting criticized in mainstream media, being like, "This is very 1950s way." Yes. We need to do better. Yes. So I will say, yeah, the. 25 years ago, you know, the whole, like, gender um, continuum was was pretty much male and female, right? Right. But you were starting to see more and more people coming out as um, – on, on the LGBT spectrum or trans or, or whatever. You know, they identified as something different from what they were physically born as. And I think in the last 25 years, we've seen such a progression in that and the understanding of that and in the mm-hmm. acceptance of that, um, that, yeah, anything that kind of separates people into distinctly male and distinctly female um, is kind of seen as laughable now because, yeah. one, we know that, um, you know, there's there's more than just these two genders. There's people who identify as more of one or the other, but, but also like gender in that construct is very socially um contrived you Mm -hmm. know like what we think of as masculine and feminine in our culture maybe the opposite in another culture um and and they're not distinctive to you know the physical makeup of a person it's kind of what society has told you you need to be you know you're a girl you need to wear pink and dresses and like putting makeup on and curling your hair blah 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 but men you can't show emotion and like that's Mm -hmm. not the case anymore we're understanding that like yeah, people are more complex than that. People can have feelings on both sides and they can, you know, yeah. change and they don't have to be what they were born as. And that's a great thing, I think. And books like this kind of, yeah, are even more dated because of the advances yeah. in that line of thought. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, because even in 1996, like the idea of like a man staying home to raise the kids is was still like out See. there. I mean, it, it's only a decade removed from Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom is a is still a funny movie, mm-hmm. but like <laughs> half of the humor is lost now. It's like, oh hey, look, the dude stayed home and the wife's making all the money or whatever, and it's just now it'd be like, yeah, and mm-hmm. y'all are bringing up some throwback movies. <laughs> oh yeah, well Michael Keaton's fucking awesome in that movie, oh, yeah. but yeah. you know it's just you know it it's still it, it's still laughable to look at because oh he doesn't he doesn't know how to do the housework and stuff mm-hmm. that could still be humorous, but the whole premise of he, you know, the dad is staying home and, and, and doing the, the mom work or whatever is just like, what, whatever, like, honestly, like and Christian and I've had this conversation multiple times. <laughs> if one of us had been the stay at home, per, uh, the parent, it would have been me because she would have lost her mind. Like she <laughs> could not have handled it. And I would have been like, sure, I'll, I'll get up, take care of the kids. Been like so house, much but... more time to do all these activities. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't work out that way. You end up spending all of your time working with the kids and everything. So we talked about that too. Like when, um, when we were pregnant with Logan, it was like, who made the most money mm-hmm. and can we swing it with one parent at home? It just worked out that I 
didn't need to work. I worked at the grocery store. There was no point. And Ray had a really great paying job. So he went to work. But the roles reversed. He would have been rocking that stay-at-home dad thing. Oh, yeah. The kids would have been in every freaking group. He would have been volunteering at the school. He would know everybody's names. We'd eat like shit and the house would look terrible, but we'd all be happy. Like it was yeah. just, it's different than yeah. and he would love it. He'd embrace it. And it would be more time to do activities. Yeah. <laughs> everywhere <laughs> there'd be like, yep. yeah, he'd be he'd embrace it, too. It just happened to work out that I stayed at home. So. So. Yeah. Well, overall, um, would you recommend this book to anyone? Boy, that face. you If you're not watching the video version of this show, you should be watching the video <laughs> version of the show because that face that Chris just made was awesome. <laughs> My face. I wish I could see it. Uh, <laughs> so no. can't see it. I would, if you're looking at sort of how society has changed <laughs> over the decades and how we've progressed socially, then yes, as a as a sort of hallmark of commentary that, on yeah, yeah then I would say yeah, read it because look how far we've come. But right. like for actual legit, no, don't no. read. No, thank you. What's funny is I just reread Dracula or just okay. re-listened to Dracula and he specifically talks about how uh, Mina Harper, her mind is, is a man's mind because of the way it, and I'm just like, well, of course, of the time that this was written, yeah. you know, but I'm just like, man, you come here in contrast and this, that book was written a really long time ago. So I understand it. This book was only written like Jen said, like 25 years ago. And it's like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you want a really dated um, story, I started listening to The Curious Case of Benjamin Button because I was like, oh, this was a short story. How does it compare to the movie? Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> awful. Really? Awful. The way they're talked about and just, like, overlooked. and Yeah. Wow. I'm just – I'm glad they did the movie the way they did. It's completely nice. different. But, yeah, it's funny when you go back and read old stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. ooh. Yes, it is. We don't use that word anymore. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. even Logan, she's she, stuff that we grew up with, and she'll she'll listen to it, and they'll use certain words, and she's just like, oh, and I'm yeah. like, that so I uh, that's it wasn't bad then. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. That's just how it was. Yeah, that's how it was. Yeah. But it's better yeah. now. Yeah. Certain comedians could would not have um, a job today if no. Ed Murphy would not have a job. Who? Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy, yeah. Mel Brooks. Yeah. Yeah, Brooks wouldn't have gotten away with half no. of the stuff that he did. And you know what? I, I almost half wonder if maybe SNL. that's. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, SNL's still kind of pushing it in some cases, but they've also they've also stepped out of boundaries quite a few times. And it's like, all right, well, that kind of makes up for it. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, well, Jen, would you recommend this book to anyone? Probably not. All right. <laughs> Considering I can't even apply it to my own life very well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just don't think dating is something you can learn. Like, I mean, you can learn how to date better. I shouldn't say that. But, like, falling in love and finding a relationship isn't something you can really teach unless the person is just, like, blatantly um, – abusive or neglectful or something but like if you're just trying to find someone and like get make a connection you can't make that happen like chris said it's all chemistry and you kind of have to just 
meet the person and see how you jive, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So of course I say that as a person who uh, met my wife on the internet and talked, did basically just talk to her for several months in a row and was already in love by the time I actually met her. In That's person. crazy, so, man. I know. Cause you know, everyone on the internet's a serial killer. So <laughs> true that. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend the book. It It's, it's, the very fact that, like I said, it starts off saying this is this is how you get someone to date you, not long term relationship. Yeah. It was just immediate. Like I was like, had Jennifer not recommended this book for us to read as a group, <laughs> mm-hmm. I would have just been like, nope. Yep. Done. Return. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I necessarily would have read it, you know, any in any other context, but it just like I'm like <laughs> no, but I'm glad now- we did read it just because it was fun to go back and look at so as a contrast um a relationship type book i would recommend and actually one maybe we should consider for next february is um what i mentioned earlier the five love languages because i think that is a really like useful kind of roadmap for i totally agree i think that would be an excellent one to read yeah not just romantic relationships but your friendships your family like it actually gives you a really good, oh, wow, that's why they get mad when I do this. Or that's why they, you know, react a certain way because that's their love language. And it mm-hmm. it was enlightening for me because I was like, okay, I know this about myself now. You know, like I know what's important to me and why I get so angry when, you know, I don't hear from someone or when they break dates with me because quality time is one of my love languages, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, it yeah, it, I think that's a good book for us to consider at some point. I, I agree. I think that would be that would be a good one to to look at maybe for February of next year as we mm-hmm. continue us on. So, um, well, I guess we can wrap that up and move on to uh, has has anyone been reading anything else? Yeah, I have been. What you been reading? Um, it's this. So as my news resolution to read all the books we have before I buy anything new. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray bought this. I don't know how long ago. It's the same author that wrote the Skin Map that I read. Um a little while ago it's Stephen R Lawhead and it's called Talison right up there. And it is book one of the Pendragon cycle. There's five books in total, but this book was written in, I think like 80 something, that 87. So it was written in 87. So all the books are up. It's, it's fantasy. I've never read like an actual true fantasy. I tried reading Lord of the Rings. I think I got two chapters in and I had to stop. Um, that's I was tough. Also, I was also 16. Um, I could try probably it again. Yeah, I could probably try again. We have the books here, but um, so it's we high fantasy. It's high fantasy. It's really interesting because it's two different points of view. Um, uh, a girl named Karis and sort of uh, another side to the story in another place um, in the world that Stephen R. Lahad's building, and uh, so it takes place in England, Roman England, and then the city of Atlantis, like the kingdom of Atlantis. So it does goes back and forth with that. And it's, it's the most fantasy book I've ever, and it's really interesting, just the worlds that he's created. And it's not like fast paced or anything like that, but it's like really deep. And I kind of, it's cool. And I think I'll suggest it when I'm done this, I'll suggest it for the next book. 
But it's okay. going to take a while because I'm only halfway through it. And I think there's like four, yeah, almost 500 pages. But yeah, so it's all the books are, I'm, I want to read more of them because it's an interesting saga for sure, I think. Yeah, I like it. It's what's to say, oh, it says the story of the incomparable love that created the miracles of Merlin and Arthur the King. So this okay. is the start, I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, what about you, Jen? Have you been reading anything else? Yeah, so I um, read Astrophysics for People in a Hurry by Neil deGrasse Tyson. And that's one I think I had started a long time ago. And then my uh, Planeteers book club decided to read it. So I finally finished it. And it was a real quick quick read. It's only like three or four hours. And he narrates it. Mm-hmm. And I liked it. I mean, it was kind of science heavy, but it was the high level stuff. It, he didn't get too into the weeds. So um, I was still slightly confused, but um, not as bad as other similar books. Um, and I'm into that, you know, nerdy shit anyways. And then I've also been listening to um, the National Parks. I think it's just called National Parks by Ken Burns and someone else. I'm like maybe halfway through it and it's really good. It's very long. It's, you know, like 16 hours or something of listening, but um, they go into like the history of the national park system, Mm -hmm. how it started, um, you know, the, the role that all these people played. So John Muir is featured uh, pretty heavily, Theodore Roosevelt um, and, and a lot of the key, you know, legislators and just activists throughout the years who have kind of, made these parks come to life and it's it's fascinating to hear about how like just a few people key people um pushing for this change and sometimes buying the the land and donating it to the government and insisting that it be like protected and kept in perpetuity um it's really cool you know because i'm into nature and and conservation and stuff so i'm just like loving it and at the same time it's making me sad because you know we're seeing so many of our parks being dismantled and kind of invaded by, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah predatory um, businesses. And the, the government shutdowns the last few years have really made an impact on some of the more fragile ecosystems. And it's really sad. So mm-hmm. uh, but it's making me really want to, like, go visit every park now. <laughs> so I'm hearing about them. And well, that's even cool. Than I already did. So definitely recommend if you're into history, um, conservation, or just nature in general. Very good read. Good deal. Um, I actually uh, did. I can't remember if I had already read the first two when we last uh, convened. Um, I actually finished all three books in the Star Wars Aftermath trilogy, which is actually our next book that we're going to be reading. We'll talk about that here in a second. Um, I, I enjoyed it. It Definitely fills in uh, information as to stuff that happened between um, um, Return of the Jedi and um, uh, The Force Awakens. So you you get an idea of what was ha- <clears throat> what was happening with the Empire uh, after the fall of the Emperor. So how did um, we get the First Order and all that shit? Yes, it it, it starts leading leading into that. So and then uh, and then the other book that I read because I I had two credits for both months. Um, I read Stephen King's Bag of Bones. It's one of his older books. Um, it was an interesting book. Um, it's an older book, but it still checks out. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, it, it's Stephen King. It's you know there's you know it's 
it starts off as a pretty normal setup and then either something you know usually usually something supernatural happens and then it's the investigation into that so uh i was just kind of in a in a king mood and thought you know it, it had yeah. pretty decent rating so i was like okay i'll go ahead and listen to this one because like i said it was one of those ones that when it came out everyone really seemed to like it so you know i i've liked stephen king books that aren't like blatantly horror more of the, like thrillers mm-hmm. so i bet I, I i wouldn't mind reading one of his books because i've never actually read the books as maybe one of our books for this um to like see how they you know hold up against the movies and time i guess He's been around a while. <laughs> if y'all are open to reading a Stephen King, um, man, if one of my abs- anxiety can handle it. <laughs> one of my favorite ones is uh, Salem's Lot, and it's basically his idea. What if what if Dracula was in at when he writes at modern time? But we're talking like 1980s, mm-hmm. I think maybe or even 60s. Um, and it's you know the I, the premise is is if Dracula were to have come to America and um you know just set up shop in this little New England town would you know what would happen and it's now here's the thing even though everyone says Stephen King's a horror writer I, he's only ever read or written two things that ever like creeped me out uh, and it's two specific scenes one of them is in the Dark Tower the last book of the Dark Tower and one of them is the short story The Mist. There's something about both the short story, The Mist, and the movie they made of it that just is unsettling as all hell to me. Uh, and I don't know why that is, but um, so I, I don't ever cons- when people talk about him being a horror, it's like, eh, it's not really that scary. It's a book. <laughs> so, but anyway, well, if y'all are open to that, we may have to suggest well, that sometime. So. Yeah, if it's anything like what we do in the shadows, I'm totally. <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite. I cannot. I have got. I know, but to, I have got to read or just, I've got to watch that. I've heard nothing but movie. good. Okay, I've seen the movie. I haven't seen the show, which I hear is good, but I not the same too. people. Yeah. But yeah, the movie was fucking hilarious. I've <laughs> got to like, watch it. If you like Taika Waititi and uh, Jermaine and do. those guys, like oh, New Zealand humor, it's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's on my to do list because I I keep hearing good things about it. So. Um, well, like I just mentioned a moment ago, our next book series, uh, we decided we were going to do the uh, Star Wars Aftermath trilogy. So that will be actually be our next three books in the series. Um, so hope you like Star Wars. Hope you like Star Wars. <laughs> uh, so um, yeah, it, they're they're fun, and if you if you listen to them on Audible, it's even better because uh, they're sound effects there's different voices there's music like it's it's almost more of like an audio play than just listening to a book being read uh and they're they're fantastic the voice acting is pretty good um yeah it's it's enjoyable and there's quite a bit of leia and han and chewie so uh you know you, you've got you definitely got some characters that we all love to to grasp onto and, and to Who follow does their, their voices Okay, so it's it's read by one guy in particular, but there are definitely other people who are kicking in and doing voices as well. Because when they whenever it's Chewy, it, it sounds like Chewy from the movies, so it's it's good. So and and if he, they just reused footage of him, we really wouldn't know because it's you know Wookiee language. 
Exactly. Yeah, they could just keep repeating the same thing. Which is funny though. Pull it from different scenes. When there are different Wookies, the it 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 does change. So you know it's a different Wookie that's that's growling and grunting and stuff. So. Like Carrie. Oh. Yeah. Well, the yeah. So, but but they're I I enjoyed them and I think I think the group will enjoy them too. So. And who knows if if we get through the first one, everyone's like, I can't do this, then we may jump ship. But uh, right now we're 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 gonna give it a shot. So. We shall see. Um, with that being said, if you would please give us a five star rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Music. Uh, you can find us on um, pretty much anywhere that you can find podcasts. Our new show has actually already gone live by the time uh, that you are listening to this. Creatively Geeky, you should be able to find it on all of those different platforms, uh, as well as the other shows, Epically Geeky and uh, Sustainably Geeky. Still not another episode of Procrastinators, but we're we're living that name up. So uh, that, that how many have you done for that? Two. Two. Three? We have done two. And we will start pro- in. Uh, I think we started it in 2019. Uh-huh. <laughs> so w- let me Very put this <laughs> We will probably uh, outpace it with the creatively geeky epi- uh, shows very very quickly. Like. <laughs> It's going to get lapped very quickly. So, um, but yeah, so definitely go check out all the different shows and everything. And as always, you can find us at Epically Geeky on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Where can we find you online, Jennifer? I am here on Marginally Geeky, um, Creatively Geeky, Epically Geeky, and um, of course, Sustainably Geeky, the one that I host with Chris and Jen. Um, and we just had a great episode about fast fashion. And um, next month we'll be talking about green building. And, um, yeah, so we have a lot of good uh, topics lined up for the next few months. I'm really excited. So look for us on all your podcast places. And I'm also on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Het's Gonna Be Me. I am happy to report that y'all do not have to worry about me contributing to the fast fashion. Uh, fast <laughs> fashion because – I like get a new shirt every year or so it like for work and it's just you like forever. I'm sure, I mean you know it was clean and in good working order and it's just I'm sure people are just like oh that shirt again if they're even paying <laughs> attention to me mm-hmm. but you know what who cares uh, it's my hey, job you're you're not trying to impress anyone Eugene you're taken <laughs> Nope, not trying to not <laughs> not trying to impress anyone. And if anyone says shit, I'll be like, I'm trying to save the environment, fucker. <laughs> That's why I'm wearing my Ghostbusters costume again. <laughs> That's right. Hell yeah. Um, uh, hold up. Uh, Chris, where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me here, marginally geeky, epically geeky, creatively geeky, uh, and sustainably geeky with Jen. And Jen. <laughs> and, Jen. Uh, and my daughter was on the last episode, the Fast Fashion she was. One. She was. Uh, she doesn't remember asking to be on it. She's like, you okay. made Anyway. <laughs> you asked. Anyway. So it was a little bit Logan bad. is always welcome on the show. She uh, she did. She learned some stuff, which was nice. Good. Um, yeah, and, I'm glad to have her here, you know, get to hear her on it, so. Yeah, she doesn't say much. She mostly complained her back hurt. Getting on her bed. <laughs> uh, but she did learn something about a couple of her brands that she did that she does like because she's 14 and is very big into brands right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm on Instagram at the Borough Life. 
with dot like the dot bro dot life and and as always you can find my individual wacky adventure on instagram facebook and twitter at optimus gene for everyone on the site have a good night has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network.